With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Inside the notebook of a reporter on the Facebook beat. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. For reporters covering Facebook, getting the real story has only gotten harder since the release of The Facebook Files in 2021. The Wall Street Journal series, based on documents provided by whistleblower Francis Haugen, exposed the inner workings of the company now known as Meta, from its lax rules for VIPs to internal research on Instagram's impact on teens. Journal reporter Jeff Horwitz writes about the challenge of covering the company in his new book, Broken Code, Inside Facebook and the Fight to Expose Its Harmful Secrets. When we spoke, he began by explaining how much has changed about Meta's platforms. The products that Meta offers bear no resemblance to Instagram and Facebook uh, a decade ago. Um, that these are um, just completely revamped features. They, uh, they do not, you know, this isn't just sort of, oh, you post things online and you follow your friends and, you know, then magic happens. This is uh, much more mechanical. Uh, it is heavily driven by recommendations and what the company calls unconnected content, namely things that it chooses to show you rather than that you choose to see. Looking at sort of how that that has changed, not just how we use social media, but how we interact in line in general, how we um, consume news, how we talk to each other about things like politics. Uh, these are, you know, sort of the ramifications are so much bigger than just, oh, they changed social media in a way that, you know, um, made things better or worse. So you've got this, you know, very comprehensive history of the last decade at Facebook. But this is also your account of how hard it is to expose the company's secrets. And I want to talk a little bit about that. There is a turning point in your efforts as a reporter, and it comes in 2019 in the thick of the Trump administration. We're going into the next election. And this is when Mark Zuckerberg is speaking at Georgetown about free expression. In times of social tension... Our impulse is often to pull back on free expression because we want the progress that comes from, from free expression, but we don't want the tension. 
And you write about what you were seeing in the comments section during that speech. Talk about that. What occurred to you as you were watching? Yeah. So what was happening when Mark was saying those words was that uh, tens of thousands of Facebook users were commenting on the speech. And a lot of them were heckling the hell out of him. The thing is, none of those comments ever appeared. You literally had to scrape all 40,000 odd comments to see them because the only ones that Facebook was selecting to show were ones that involved the words, thank you, love, and congratulations. We're talking some extremely crude filtering here. Um, (laughs) And some very obviously um, not authentic comments as you were kind of wading through some of the language in there. Yeah, no, no. I think I think one one of them. I, I may be getting. I may be quote, quoting this person wrong. My apologies to them. But uh, thank you, big boy Mark. I love you. <laughs> um, uh, and so and so, like this was. I mean, I think this was for me. It was a really important moment uh, in sort of forcing me to recognize that the thing that we'd all been focused on, which is like, oh, what does Facebook moderate? What what did they remove? Um, And the thing that Mark Zuckerberg was focusing on in that speech, as if this is a kind of a moderation problem, it wasn't that. It was um, an amplification problem. In other words, what voices are getting picked up and why are they getting picked up? And what is what are the mechanics of the system that is built to do that job? And, and whose interest does it serve? Yeah, a lot of irony to wade through in that passage of the book. Then comes COVID. Um, briefly, how did the pandemic initially affect Facebook, which was coming off of a couple of years of really bad press, the 2016 election aftermath and the Cambridge Analytica scandal? Look, I think people there understood this every bit as much to be as tragic and horrific of a world event as we all did. Um, What I will say is that I think from a company level, um, this was just awesome. I I mean, everything about COVID from the fact that people were at home uh, spending um, a ton of time online to the fact that Mark Zuckerberg happened to employ um, one of the world's foremost coronavirus experts to uh, the way the company responded by, um, you know, sending its employees home uh, right at the very get-go for their safety um, and, uh, you know, then sort of keeping the ship running in this kind of manic process. This was, this was all amazing for yeah. the company. Um, I mean, it, and it truly was a point when the value of a worldwide social network uh, really shone um, that there was a lot of value to be had here. And just to ground us, the, the 2020 election is on the horizon at this point in those first few months of lockdown. You write that then-President Trump, he writes an incendiary tweet that is cross-posted from Twitter to Facebook. Twitter takes it down. Mark Zuckerberg does not. And we actually have a clip of him speaking with Dana Perino at Fox News, if we could just play that. We have a different policy, I, I think, than Twitter on this. You know, I, I just believe strongly that uh, that Facebook shouldn't be uh, the arbiter of truth of everything that people say online. And you position this moment as something of a turning point for workers at Facebook. Tell me about that. Yeah, so so things were already sort of getting a little less cheery. Um, but then comes the looting shooting um, uh, tweet from Trump in which he, um, you know, suggests echoing a... a Miami police chief who used very bloody tactics to um, to shut down protests. Uh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts was the the phrase. Um, basically, has this somewhat menacing, um, if not outright, um, 
you know, if not outright sort of inciting comment. Um, and this was, I think, a, a really big deal for employees. Um, it was seen as an instance in which um, the company was sort of directly kowtowing to political pressure in a way that it had at least publicly claimed it would not do. You know, this is supposed to be this sort of revolutionary fifth estate, as Mark Zuckerberg put it, right? This check on on the other, on branches of government uh, and even on the press. And uh, it was instead, you know, kowtowing to someone, you know, who holds, holds the country's um, highest office, right, was the concern. And you write that outside the executive ranks, the mood among employees was as close to mutinous as it had ever been. You talk about, you know, four days after the tweet, there's a virtual walkout staged by workers. They're a lot more open to, you know, airing their concerns outside of Facebook in public forums. And and there are, you know, kind of more leaks happening at this point. Yeah, they, I mean, this is where I think they they sort of, lose a lot of employees. Um, I think the company does start treating its employees a little bit more like a fifth column um, at this point, and they start trying to lock down information, right? Things that are, things are just leaking right and left. And uh, the, um, I, yeah, I think there's, there's at that point also just a recognition that the election is just really getting out of control. Um, I mean, even as the company is, uh, you know, sort of fighting its employees on, on you know, some of the activism fronts, um, it is also preparing for what would be a crash landing for the 2020 election on its platforms. We'll be right back with more on the new book, Broken Code, with its author, Wall Street Journal tech reporter, Jeff Horwitz. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. We're back with Wall Street Journal tech reporter Jeff Horwitz. He's out with a new book on Facebook called Broken Code. We talked about the tensions between rank-and-file workers and the C-suite at Meta. My takeaway was that there were a lot of people inside of Facebook who wanted to do the right thing and were trying to, but because of the person leading them, they couldn't always. Is that the conclusion you want readers to draw? I think, yes, that's, that is certainly true, that many of the things that were kind of described as intractable issues of social media aren't intractable. They are, in fact, eminently solvable or at least heavily mitigatable. Um, but that, uh, you know, the, the platform right now represents the desires of the people who control it and one person more than anyone else. And if there are issues with... Um, with that, these are the direct result of product and design choices, um, and uh, and you know choices about where to invest. I mean, I think the the safety stuff alone, right? Moderation doesn't solve everything, but in recent years, the company's been cutting back on safety stuff, even though it runs a forty uh, percent operating margin. Yeah, and then last thing, do you think that your reporting in this book? And its many revelations will change the work that has to happen to expose what's going on inside of Facebook? In the wake of the book, and this is something I think that I always suspected would happen, um, they cracked down heavily on internal information access. And um, it's been really disheartening, I think, for a lot of researchers that things are not as internally open as they once were. Um, I mean, even by the time that the Facebook files documents came to be with Francis Haugen. They were already trying to restrict access and, and things have just gotten tighter since. And so, you know, I think uh, there is a question as to sort of how this research gets done. And there is, um, 
kind of more of a focus on trying to force transparency, um, right? To say that Facebook's own reports about its moderation systems and, you know, its effects aren't good enough and that, uh, you know, there's going to need to be some sort of more standardized information disclosure. That was Jeff Horwitz, author of Broken Code. Jesus Alvarado produced this episode. I'm Lily Dramali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. Have you ever wondered why you see what you see when you're online? I'm Jamie Bartlett, and in The Gatekeepers from BBC Radio 4, I'm telling the story of how social media accidentally conquered the world. Mark's explained to me he's going for a billion users. I'm going, for what? I'm sorry, what is it you're going to do? They can give us a voice or silence us whoever we are. At Real Donald Trump, it says, account suspended, everything... To understand how we got here and where it's taking us, listen to The Gatekeepers, available wherever you get your podcasts.